Welcome back to episode 70 of the Bravo Zulu podcast. Joined today by Chief Sonar Tech Tim. We get to talk about fitness and how it fits into our training cycle and the training cycle itself. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're uh, back for episode number seventy. I think this is. I don't. We're uh, we're recording remotely. Um, I'm on duty. Uh, this is the first duty I've stood in a while, a few years now. And um, this was a long time coming, but it just so happened that the guest that I wanted to have on had duty with me. So uh, I'm gonna kick it over to uh, Sonar Tech Chief Chief Sonar Tech Tim. We'll call him Tim today. And um, let him introduce himself and a little bit of his background, and then we're going to get into the topic of uh, discussion for today. Uh, today, go ahead, Tim. All right. So this is the first time I've done a podcast. Um, my military career is fifteen and a half years now. Uh, two years spent in uh, naval special warfare training. Two years on SEAL Team One. Um, from there, just bounced around from the fleet. Went back through SQT, and then three years at NRDLA as a spec war coordinator there, and then two years out in Japan, and now a year and a half at the LCS community. So um, that's just a little bit about me. So you are no longer. So it is funny, right? When when uh, I met you when I came over to Oakland and we were talking one day. People are talking about like, oh, there's this chief. He used to be a SEAL. He does all the uh, all the SAR uh, qualifications for the guys and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I never raised an eyebrow about it. And then we were having a couple conversations, and I was like, this guy sounds like familiar, being that I've served around in the community for for one tour. I was like, and I, I asked a kind of fucked up question. I was like, yo, are you like a bud dropout or something that um, that you know didn't make it, but you, you still live with the the fucking the attitude of fitness because you know you you are and you're like no i I used to be and that got me kind of thinking about um knowing like knowing how those guys train and the way not knowing how but having seen some of it a very small you know glimpse of it and the way they do things and then how we do it here on board it, it got me wondering to ask you the question what are differences you've experienced having been in both communities um you know, just, yeah, just the experiences that you've had being in both communities. Like, where do you see, like, more on the regular Navy side? Where are we fucking up and what are we doing wrong that it doesn't come across as, as good, as good of training as it should be? So there's a couple different, you know, areas that we can attack. So uh, what I think we'll start off with is basically what got the conversation started, which was fitness. And so... um you know, being in 15 and a half years and seeing the progression from, you know, running PRTs and the fitness standards and even, you know, coming from boot camp and seeing people who can't even pass the minimum standard there and then coming out to the fleet and seeing that it doesn't get better, you know. Um, I've been through the CFL course and even there the the form is, is not corrected. You know, they don't stop guys from not breaking the 90 or, you know, and their butts up or not keeping their back straight or separating their hips from their from their upper body and it's um 
it's pretty eye-opening when you realize that it's just because the standard isn't there and i think that's where the new standards have come out where you know they don't want people to cheat anymore and there's no real way to cheat a plank i don't think it's necessarily the the right direction because if you look at the spec war community the psts haven't changed right so psd is still you know uh swim max push-ups max sit-ups max pull-ups and a mile and a half run and what all these things are trying to get to is not necessarily saying that we're you know necessarily pt gods or fucking you know the most fit people on earth but it's a survivability thing right um the better shape you are in the better you are able to handle stress and the more important thing for me is uh and what was always more important you know through buds and uh sqt and at the teams was um you know if if the guy to the left or right of you went down were you physically fit enough and of course the answer you know when you're on the team is yes um but, you know, you look at the guys in the fleet and you know for a fact that someone can't pick you up. Or, you know, the more concerning factor is can you pick them up? Can you carry them through the ship? Can you get them up a ladder roll? Can you get them through a scuttle? And uh, I wholeheartedly I believe that the answer is no. And so I think that's a thing that we always have to struggle with is, you know, what is the point of fitness? Is it um, to look good? No. Um, although, you know, one of our first things is, to look uh, professional at all times in our uniform. And if your buttons are popping off you or you look like you're wearing spandex when you're wearing coveralls, like, you're not looking professional. You, like, yeah. Anyways. No, you're absolutely right. And I tell people all the time, I'm I'm always borderline that group, always hedging towards the unprofessional or the, you know, chubby side, right? Like, I have no problem telling people that, right? Um you know, part of that is buying the right size of uniform. You know, it, it, it there's there's so far you could go. I can buy the right size and do enough PT where I, I look borderline. Some people they're so far past that that they're not going to look borderline no matter what uh, uniform they buy. Right? Like it's it's going to be big. It's going to be too short because they're too tall and too wide or or whatever it is. And but you know, not that this is a fat shaming thing or anything like that. But more to your point of like fitness why are we doing it and it, you you really nailed it a survivability thing do you think sticking to this do you think the navy like regnav over here thinks of it as a survivability or is it more just like it's this thing that we got to do twice a year because we're in the military so i guess there's this physical standard and yeah that's it so i was gonna wait uh to get to this point but <clears throat> it it is like most things in the navy where uh, instead of it being a point of performance, it's a check in the box. And yep. so, uh, and that's where physical fitness has really come. So I get really pissed off around, you know, PRT season because uh, the program that I run for SAR, the SAR prep program, and uh, basically that was my field for six months, you know. And then we got towards the PRT, and all of a sudden all these PRT warriors are out there, you know, trying to work out or, you know, they're running their PRTs. And it's just, you know, it's just such a, a show of, like, it's 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 false motivation what it is and you know everyone you know with PRT warriors you know they they or the mile or three mile a year warriors I you can call them whatever you want but you know people only care about it in the moment and that's where it goes wrong right so an amateur does it right until he gets it right once right uh, a professional does it until he never gets it wrong and so that's where you find the degradation in uh, any society and any program or any military is that. When you start just caring about a end result and not how you get there or, 
you know, a consistent end result, then everything's just going to fall, fall, fall apart. So, um, maintaining that, that standard and not just saying that we're doing it to do it or because there's an RE or CE or, um, inspection coming up, uh, is really where I, I believe everything has gone wrong. So, um, you know, if you're asking the difference between the teams and, and, or spec war community, really, because, I mean, you know, everyone wants to say SEAL teams, but. You got your EOD guys, your SWIC guys. Diver. Diver. Divers, divers yeah, everyone. Air, yeah. SEAL, SWIC. Um, you know, all these guys, they they do everything so much and to the point of uh, performance, that's muscle memory. And when you get it to muscle memory, uh, you don't have to really uh, beat it into yourself anymore, right? It's all about upkeep. And uh, the Navy is all about just beating it into you over and over and over and over and over and over. And I really mean to say that that many times because uh, you run drills so much that they run into the daily operations underway or in port. And instead of people wanting to be a professional about it, they go, fuck, here we go. Like, uh, we're going to run drills again. We're going to run drills again. And then you go through ATG and then you go through another certification and another certification. They're just certification because... They're not caring if you are truly qualified. What they're caring about is saying, oh, well, we did our job, and so now you're on the hook. And so, uh, and that's, you know, I think that's demoralizing for uh, upper and lower chains of command because upper chain of command doesn't have a way of saying, hey, we are qualified and we do do good training and we are, you know, here to do a job. And it's demoralizing for the junior sailors because they're at the brunt of it. You know, they're the ones actually carrying the low and the weight um, that isn't administrative. It's, you know, uh, the daily taskings that just build up. And then on top of that, uh, it's never good enough. You know, you could ace every drill or you could be that professional, but it's never good enough. Um, I still remember we were out in the Sea of Japan and um, we had an actual casualty. But we were running drills so often that no one really responded. It was the, the rapid response team. There was only ones that showed up and, uh, you know, it took down a major system. And, um, you know, we all knew we had to pull in, but our commanding officer was like, nope, we're just going to stay out here. And uh, it's pretty asinine when people can't do the right thing um, because they're not allowed to. Yeah. Um, you know, I used to say own your no, but uh, really it's understanding where the power comes from and whether or not you are able to justify uh, the actions that you're taking, right? So this is huge in SAR, and this is huge in any time that there's a you know firearm discharge or killing someone or doing an operation. Uh, you always have to be able to justify the actions that you took and um, be held accountable for them, you know. And so uh, I don't think we hold people accountable one in the Navy, nor do we give them the, the, the choice to utilize the power that they're, they're the way that they want to. So you were saying, you know. The, the beating over and over and over. Why do you think we we do that, right? Us as the chiefs that are doing that, you know, it's not necessarily us, but we're we're part of the the stick, right? That's beating it down. Why do you think we we as the Navy have built this this training cycle? You know, and I have a, a earlier episode that talks about the whole training cycle, and and this kind of ties into that of like. All these in- inspections and certifications, training, evolutions, whatever title you want to put on it, where it's just repetitive. You know, y- you recently completed our AT stuff, right? You and your team and the whole ship, the crew, right? All, all together. And, like, 
you know, to me as a person that's just doing his his one little watch standard part, I understand that it's important for us to do it and get the training. But at the same time, yeah, it felt like, okay, well, well we're here again. You know, doing the same set of drills, right? Like, here's your cookie cutter. Here's your five cookie cutters. And, and you're doing that same one Monday, Wednesday, and then when someone's doing it Thursday and we're done. Why do you think we've uh, adapted that, like, model? I know that's a tough, like, that's a big question, right? That's a big Navy question. Maybe they could listen and fucking answer it. But, you know, from your perspective of having done this for for your career, where do you see, like, um, it coming from? Or, or where do you see us going with it? He's thinking. So I think that, uh, you know, the... So if you don't learn from your history, then you're doomed to repeat it, right? Um, so I think, you know, back in the 1980s and 1970s, um, someone said that we were taking more risks than we needed to during evolutions, and we were losing sailors for, you know, no purpose at all um, in order to train for, you know, the next war, um, the next battle that came up or the next deployment. Um, and I think that safety has really dominated uh, the area of expertise or um, certification events or whatever you want to call it. Um, you can't go anywhere without doing ORM. And, I, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be doing ORM, but ORM is something that you do eternal, internally, that you do internally every single time. Uh, I mean, anything that I do, right, whether I'm working out or shooting a gun or um, training someone, I'm always doing ORM. Uh, and the idea of uh, is what I'm doing the best and right action at the time. Um, and I believe that that's been taken away, right? So uh, we're so worried about um, is this safe and not how do we how do we do this the best way possible um, and keep everyone proficient and uh, and not micromanaged. I, I feel like I, I kind of digress there just because uh, we don't let sailors think for themselves. Everything is, like you said, cookie cutter, right? Um, it's always a check in the box. You have to complete these events. Um, and even if it's just not real, you know, everyone games it. Everyone knows. Yeah. Um, and you even hear that, the you know, or your inspector is going, hey, you know, we can't cut certain people loose because then they know that we're doing a certain drill. Like, I, well, I hate to tell you, there's only 13 drills that you can do. Um, they know we're going to do one of them. <laughs> you know, uh, you know um, there's not enough realistic training um, or variation or even it, when things that are unsafe happen, right? Well, here we go. This, this is all I'll say. Uh, stress inoculation, right? And it's the thing that the Navy is worse about doing right now. Um, you know, recently becoming a chief, I went through and I got to see you know, they so proud of themselves. They, you know, worked on this program at boot camp. And, you know, now sailors can step off to the side and be like, I need like 30 seconds. And, well, you know what? That doesn't happen in life. You don't get to get punched in the face and then tell the guy that's punching you in the face that you need 30 seconds to get your mind right. Uh, you have to be able to get punched in the face and then punch him back or take another punch and still punch him back. Um, it's about reacting to the stressful situation. And we think that through this multiple uh repeat sessions of the same drill over and over again or you know practical drills um that we're doing that but really we're i believe we're setting ourselves up for failure because there's no stress involved in it like there is stress because 
it's time, but it's time that people don't want to fucking be here. Yeah. Um, there's no real purpose behind it because we just, I mean, shit, uh, what, the BHR, that fucking, mm-hmm. right? Um, like. <laughs> That's a bad fire. Yeah, yeah, it speaks for itself, right? Yeah. And you had everyone doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing, but um, yeah, I, you you make it a an atmosphere where people don't want to do be here anymore, and uh, that doesn't exactly incite, you know, good orange discipline. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I I did an episode on the BHR BHR fire, uh, reading some news articles and stuff, and and that's kind of what brought this up too was, you know, we, we don't when I think of training, I I, I want to do training where like. It's a secret meeting of of the training team, and I'm walking down a P-way, and I'm like, bang, you're dead, active shooter. And just, what are people going to do? Right? Is that feasible? Or, or fire, boom, fire, right now. There's a fire, right? Just pull out the flag and start waving it and see what people do. Because that's how it's really going to happen if it happens, right? Whether it's just us sitting pierside or whether it's, you know, us in South China Sea somewhere and, you know, they decide to fucking start doing crazy shit. Like, it's just going to happen. It's not going to be on the POD at 1300 on Friday drill time. Well, so, again, so we're coming into safety, right? So a flag isn't a fire. Right. right? So that's not stress. Mm-hmm. Like now you're training someone to a training aid versus um, an actual fighting a fire, right? So uh, the difference is, you know, for IET drills, you know, we simulate a flood, we simulate all that stuff. But the best thing that I've been through in the last 15 and a half years of my career is the actual wet trainer. Where yeah. You go in. And so that should, that's really where you should be doing your certification events at is an actual trainer, right? We, so we talk about training ships, but they're not training ships. They're fucking crews just like everyone else. They're mm-hmm. undermanned, undertrained, and at the end of the day, uh, everyone wants to go home because uh, the purpose just isn't there. Um, and I think if you're not able to drive a purpose, if you're not able to make people wake up and go like, "Fuck yeah, I'm going, I'm going to a job that I love," you know, and that's what I would I would say, you know, most guys that uh, go through buds and get to SEAL teams are doing every single day. They're like, "Fuck yeah," you know, like this is it. Um, and there's a commitment there. And if you can't build that, you know, we talk about a culture and a community and uh, what was that called? What do we have on the ship? I don't know. No, but, it's, it's culture and. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me uh, tough questions about mission, vision, guiding yeah, principle yeah. shit. Well, anyways, yeah. that's what we say, you know, is that, you know, we build the, the culture on the ship. But um, it, without purpose, you can't you can't have that. Right. Yeah. So you can either say, hey, I'm either going to be the best IT or STG or, you know, whatever rate on a ship, but that only pertains to a job. It doesn't pertain to a mission. If you don't believe that the thing that you're doing actually makes a difference in the world or an impact, right? So this is a conversation that I have with guys that decide that, you know, the SEAL teams aren't for them, you know, whether it's training or, you know, conscious observer is just that it's a job. And if you don't if you don't find that that job is worth, um, you know, the juice isn't worth a squeeze, right, uh, then that job just isn't for you. But that means you have to go out and be the best at whatever job you're going to do and take that mindset with you. But when you're only doing a job to get it done, then that job ends when you do it, right? So um, instead of people being, you know, committed to the military and this, like, overarching uh, here I am for freedom, you have guys that come in and they're like, 
oh, well, I'm on a fucking nine to five job or, you know, shit, I have duty and I'm going to be there for 24 hours and I don't know why. Um, but back to the, the stress inoculation is that uh, without having the gun go boom, right? So like CQC, we use, you know, it's frangible ammo, but it's still ammo. Like if you shoot somebody with it, they're going to die. Um, when we do, uh, you know, red force, force, uh, red force versus blue force, um, you're using uh, basically paintball bullets, right? They fucking hurt, you know? And so when you get shot, you know you get shot, right? So it's it's the, um, you know, police department does it. And I, I think it's, you know, if you want to make things real and make people realize how dangerous this is, you have to do that. You have to make it more uh, realistic to what it is, right? Um, uh, and it just, uh, we meet it. We don't meet it. It's always falling short with, you know, as much safety and, um, you know, red flags are everywhere. So I've been shot by a sim round. They sting. But it's, it's like you said, it's a paintball. It's a paintball, right? Um, do you, you would, you, you'd say, like, that would be most beneficial for, like, AT training if we could have sim rounds on board where, where we implemented that, right? Yes. Yeah. Where do you think, you know, you're talking about the stress inoculation stuff. I've never heard of, but it's a great word. Um, where do you think we, like we in our role as the chief, right, getting these brand new sailors through boot camp where boot camp has changed and it just changed again. They're adding two more weeks to it. So it's going to be a 10-week course now, which I think is, is good depending on what they do with those 10 weeks. But I think more time in there is beneficial. Um where do you think our role is in, in that, in the training and the stress and the getting that sailor more ready and more, you know, uh, brainwashed, if you will, and indoctrinated to being the sailor that we need them to be? And how did it happen for you? Obviously, like, you're different because you came in and you went through buds and that stuff first. So what do you think they're doing that we can do, if anything, over here on the Regnav side? You mean between spec war and regular fleet? Yeah, or just like in, in the upbringing, right? Uh, like, I, like the, you guys, everyone goes to boot camp, and then after that, the 900 guys or whatever, they go off to, you know, buds and all that, and then the other guys come over here and they're undeads. Is it just the physical aspect of buds that makes those guys want to be there more, or is it just that they wanted to be there to do that in the first place, whereas the undead seamen, they didn't know what they wanted, but they just joined the Navy, and now they're here undeads. Right, so it's it's about uh, propagating the mission, right? So that's that's how I see it, anyways. Um, so propagating the mission and goals are the the main two things, right? And then um, allowing people to develop themselves. So I think that well, okay. So first we'll go with uh, propagating the mission, right? Making people realize. So and I think I started to tap into this, but. Um, Team guys are cool. SWIT guys are cool. EOD guys are cool. Um, divers are cool. Uh, air rescue swimmers are cool. But uh, by themselves, they are one one man or a group of people, right? But if they don't have uh, the mission support, right, if they don't have their LSs getting them the gear, if they don't have the GMs getting them the ammo and the guns, um, if you're not getting resupplied on the front, then your chances of surviving are, are fucking none, right? So... Um, and that's how I, I try to make people realize that you are part of something bigger, right? 
you are part of this overarching freedom. I used to say that, you know, and I still do believe that, uh, you know, the Navy in its, in its, you know, main capacity is uh, human relations throughout the world, right? So we go there and we, you know, we boost economies. I mean, you can see that uh, here in San Diego. You can see it on the East Coast. I mean, anywhere there's a base, like, there is, uh, there's people and there's good business. Um, and, you know, if you look at any uh, overseas base, you know, wherever that base is, that place is fucking flourishing, right? Because it's money into the economy, right? Uh, and, you know, you, you're going to, I think we have to stop seeing the Navy as the worst sailor, right? So that's how we get judged by every single place we go is it's, you know, it's always that story about, you know, a sailor that goes out and drives drunks or drive drives drunk, crashes, rapes, or does something like that, right? And we have to hold those people accountable and stop holding the Navy accountable for it. Um, I think that's the, the first thing is so... Uh, but selling the mission to the sailors and making them realize the impact that they have around the world is, is the most important thing. Um, and they do make a difference. The second thing is a goal, right? So, um, and the goal can't be a final goal. It has to be a goal that then builds onto another one, right? So, um, you know, and you can apply this to working out, right? So uh, when you work out, you know, your first goal is, you know, I want to run a mile in, in, in this amount of time. And then, you know, I'll, you know what, I want to be this, you know, this certain weight, or I want to be able to lift this much weight, but you don't ever, you don't hit, you know, 350 pounds. And you're like, oh, fuck, I'm done. You walk away, right? Now you're going, oh, shit, well, can I lift 360? Can I lift 370? Can I lift 380? Um, and so that's how I see uh, goals in the Navy, right? So you just can't say, oh, you know, I want to make chief and I'm done, right? Because if you make chief and you're done, then that's where you just see guys fucking sit in the office, you know, eating a jelly donut. I'm sorry. Job. <laughs> um, no, uh, you know, you got to always, yeah, don't confine yourself to that singular goal, right? Um, and now I forgot what my third one was. Uh, you said mission and goal. I didn't hear another one after that. Oh, well, then, then I'm good. Okay. So how, where do where should those goals come from, right? Because, like, should it come from... Should it come from multiple levels, right? Should we have the CO's goals? And then, of course, we need to direct our, our sailors into, you know, the CO's content, right? Commander's intent. Hey, this is what he what, what we're trying to do. This is the mission. That's where we're driving that. And then do those personal goals and then, you know, your, your divisional goals and all that. Or, like, how, how do you set it up? Because I set it up like that, right? Like, hey, here's the CO's goal, right? We're thinking, you know, quarterly, big picture, deployment, whatever it is, this is what we got to do to drive to get there. But, you know, divisionally, what's our goal? Everyone ESWAS qualified, right? Everyone picking up the next rank, right? Like everyone, and I break it down like that for my guys. And I don't know if it works or not, right? I'm just getting here, right? I'm testing the experiment of, you know, as I've been chief for a little while, but like a lot of people, this is for my first time being a chief on a ship, right? I was, I made chief and I rolled to shore duty. So this is my, really my experiment of my leadership and everything I think I know and everything I've been taught and actually putting it to practice and seeing how it's going to come out. And some people won't, won't say that. Some people will be like, Oh, you, you know, you shouldn't say that, you know, you're a chief, whatever, whatever, but I have no problem saying it because, it's the fact. It's the fact of where we're at. So, what do you you think, or how do you practice what you just said of the like the mission and the goal, and for your guys that that you have under your charge? 
So, yeah. So it has to come from above and it has to come from the sailor himself, right? So it's got to be intrinsic value. And then you have to um, allow that sailor to grow the way that they think they should grow, right? And then if they are fucking up, that's where you have to put in, you know, the hand of God. Um, so with my first classes, uh, you know, from the beginning and from, you know, from as long as I can remember being an LPO, uh, I would come to them and go, hey, look, uh, Cardi Blanc, right? I let you guys do whatever you think is right until you're not right. Um, uh, and then, God damn it. I want people to do what they need to do. Yeah, it is a lot of ideas. So I get that. I, I go with that same one too, right? Because I got that from my three years of working over there, you know, on Coronado too, right? It was like, hey, you know, you, you know, hearing for, it's something different when you hear it from the CO and XO and they look at every sailor there at all of all ranks and be like, hey, are you a fucking adult? Yes. Okay. You, you here because you chose to be here? You know, I, when I sat down with the CMC um, of Logsu, who, who was coming off a tour from being a CMC at the team, um, you know, he was like, hey, look, uh, you know, welcome. Uh, you're going to see some crazy shit out there. You're going to see some things that you would never see in the fleet. All right. These guys work hard and they play harder. And he's like, and don't judge it. And I was like, whoa, like, what? Like, what? I mean, like, how, what could you talk about? And quite, you know, I saw it, right? You know, the, the drinking, you know, here and there, you know, on base, you know, in between things, like, you know, whatever it was after work, you know, everyone out there. Doing gear checks. I'm going home for the day. They got a long night of gear checks because they got to be up. So they're relaxing and taking care of what they need to take care of. And I was like, oh, this is what he's talking about. Okay, I, I get it. But it was very clear. And even when I got to the team and the CMC and the triad there, telling me like, hey, you wanted to be here, right? You wanted to come do this. Well, this is the rule we play with. Don't fuck up. You're an adult. Don't fuck up. If you do, we're going to unfuck you or, you know, you're going to pay the consequences and then, you know, then they recalibrate and then get back on track. And so that's something I've taken, right, that I don't think the regular Navy does, right? The regular Navy does a lot of hand-holding. Hey, let me show you. Hey, come here. Oh, no, don't do that. Let me smack your hand a little bit until it gets so bad where it's like, okay, now I got to do counseling chess because now, now you're really starting to piss me off. So now we got to put it on paper. I don't, I tell myself, like, don't fucking, if I'm writing a counseling chip, you've now pissed me off to the point. Where I like I'm I'm actively and I don't care anyone listening. If I'm writing counseling chits, that means I'm putting it on record because I'm going to get you to captain's mass. That's why I'm doing this now. No, yeah, and I agree with that. And I, I think that if more people did that, uh maybe the sailors that shouldn't make rank wouldn't make rank. Um and it'd be a better work environment. Uh, I think that uh and I've seen it where people are lazy. Um and they don't want to be chiefs or they don't want to be LPOs and they don't want to write up the sailor or they think that they can save someone, um, but you can't. Uh, I've spent well well too much time on sailors that, that don't deserve it. Uh, and then, you know, because I didn't do what I needed to do uh, or, you know, even if I tried to influence the, the next person behind me, they had the same idea, like, why I was in their paperwork, why I was in this. And it's like, you know, you can try to save someone as much as you want, but at some point you have to, uh, own up to that that paperwork 
you owe it to the Navy, you owe it to your sailors, mm-hmm. um, and you owe it to yourself, right? Uh, don't don't waste your time. Um, it's it's very limited. Uh, but back to uh, building up the sailor, right? Um, so you got to give them carte blanche, and you have to. Uh, I like to teach my guys that uh, don't don't drive in a lane, right? Don't again, don't confine your goals, right? So the thing that I like to live by is, is uh, and one thing I, I kind of hate about myself is uh, if someone asks me for help. Now, I'm not going to – I may come up to you and be like, hey, is there anything you need from me? But if anyone asks me for help, if they need me to do something, uh, I will do it. Um, it's just something that I think uh, should be, and especially being a chief now, uh, it should be the culture, at least that's what it's supposed to be, um, where you walk into a place and if you see another chief, you should be able to go up to them and be like, hey – I need help with this. Um, and I've seen repeatedly now where I walked into Chief's Mess and, uh, again, unprofessional, just sitting around, not doing shit, and you ask them for something, and the first words out of their mouth is, I can't help you. Um, I think that culture's got to change. Um, and you can't, you know, um, I'm pretty big about this. I think the only way that you change culture is by by being it, right? Uh, you, can, you can try to go up to someone and change your mind, but... That takes a long time. Uh, no one's gone to a dinner, right, and uh, come home and <laughs> decided to change their beliefs or religion yeah. or, you know, oh, shit, you know what? I did everything wrong up to this point in my life, and I realize now that I need to be a liberal. Um, that, that takes education, right? Um, and it takes examples. So if you're someone that uh, people respect and you, you do what you're supposed to be doing, uh, you will see that change. Again, you know, if you're that piece of shit that's not helping people, you're also influencing that culture because eventually – uh, you know, people who have uh, convictions will either one get out, um, which is a detriment to the Navy, and I've seen it happen multiple times, or uh, you'll impact them to the point where they're like, "Fuck, man, why am I doing all this work?" When he gets to fucking chill out. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a two sided coin. Um, the other thing is is uh, we waste time in the Navy, right? So. Uh, the old mentality is you have to break, right? And we talk about it all the time is tribal knowledge, right? Uh, time does not, or yeah, time does not equal work. Work equals time, right? So if you have a job to do, get it done, right? And then go do either do other things or, uh, don't just have people waste time because you think that's what the mission is about. Um, there's no way to equate how long, we spend out at sea during a deployment. Yeah. There's no way to equate uh, duty days. So when you have the chance to pay back your guys that time for good work, and especially if you make you know uh, a work list, right, a, a solid 12-hour work list, if you give them that goal to meet 12 hours every day in a six- to seven-hour period, sailors will do it. Um, it's, it's a driving – you have to give them the drive, right? You have to give them that goal. You have to give them that mission. Um, and if you don't, you'll – you know, you'll see people talk shit about, you know, the work, the Navy, the their lifestyle, you know. And, and they'll talk shit about the chief, right? Because that, that's one of my favorite subjects that I like to harp on on this podcast, you guys know. Because I hate it, too. Because we talk a lot of shit through the season, through, you know, through through each season. False motivation. <laughs> Through each season, we're putting other selects. We talk a lot of shit, and then it's piss poor if you step into the mess and you're like, "Okay, this is a this is a brother or sister that I can go to," and then they look at you and they're like, "Oh yeah, sorry, I can't help you." Right? And, and and you know the difference between 
hey, yeah, sorry, bro. I, that's not me. I'm, I'm not the one for that. Uh, go here because that's still help. And the one that's looking at you like, no. You know, a flat line, no, I'm not helping you. I'm busy doing nothing, right? And so do you, how big of an impact do you think that is? As we as chiefs, right, because, you know, we're all the anchor ch- anchor chain, right, have that impact that when we when we don't drive the training the way it should or don't give that work list and don't don't give that time even though we have all of the wardroom and all of these other officers that are driving policy do we still hold the brunt of the failure on training and and everything else we've been talking about or do you think we unfairly get the the brunt of of blame from the the junior sailors so no, again, I think it's so. Again, we're trying to blame an organization when it's we should be holding the individuals accountable, right? I like to reference that organization because you know the CPO creed, and uh, mm-hmm. even during chief season, I think it's great because you see people show up, you know that they're there, but they're only there because it's high vis. It's oh, I'm I'm running this right. Um, if you see a problem with the program, it's most likely what the people running the program. So I think that's where you have to look, right? Who is actually in charge of that program? How did it get done? And, you know, sometimes there's, you know, the unexplained factors or, uh, you know, mis- miscommunication on both ends. But you got to hold people accountable, right? Uh, and we, we talked about that in the spec war community. They fucking hold people accountable. Um, you know, not, they're not perfect. You know, no one is. But uh, I think they do a better job of looking at a guy and being like, you fucking did this. Now you're going to pay the man. Um, but again, I'm talking from an older point of view as well. So my time, you know, was back from 2006 to 2010 and then again in 2012. So, uh, I, I know that the teams are changing, you know, with, you know, the stories of Marcus Luttrell and every other person that wants to, you know, get their fame out there and new CrossFit workout or whatever the fuck they're doing. Um, so I know for a fact it's changing. I know that the, the quality of sailors coming out and, uh, also, you know, what's insane, what is insane to me is that we're willing to spend so much money on sailors before they even get in the Navy, right? So there's that huge, you know, debt program where they're there for six months and they, you know, learn how to swim, run, eat, do all the things. I ran that shit for three years. Um, got to train over a thousand, I'm sure it was over a thousand sailors and wrote over 300 new contracts, you know, for spec war. Um, but, uh, we spend so much money there and then they go to boot camp and they get more money spent on them. Right. And so, uh, where it's the most disciplined point at in our career, I think, which is boot camp. Um, I think it's, it's kind of funny now that we are relaxing, uh, standards there. Right. So part of the, the mental stress of boot camp was not having communication with the outside world. You had to wait to get that privilege, right? It was all about privileges. Right. Um, and now they have, fucking tablets and phones and you know it's just it's a change of culture and whenever you have a change of culture you have to account for what is that doing to the mental state what is that doing to the sailor um and i'm not saying well no i am saying that you know when you when you're holding that to the standard uh you need to maintain that standard right and so even yeah i know that budget budget training has changed a lot um i can't speak for you know swick or eod or any of them but uh Maybe that's a, someone you need to find and find out how that's changed. But um, I, I, I see a difference in, in uh, what's coming out of there. Do you think um, 
Fuck, I had it. Hey, that fucking buzzing noise or whatever is in the background. Sorry, y'all. So we on the ship. There's an industrial environment. Do you think that, uh, fuck me, guys? Yeah. Being like yeah, you got me. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of distracting noises. No, it was something about like when you're talking about the money spent on them and things like that, and oh, the, oh, the tablets and all that, right? We, we boot camp is supposed to change their culture, right? It's it's supposed to be that punch in the face where they're like, oh shit, I'm not a civilian anymore. This is going to be hard. There's going to be hard times. Do you think letting them have phones and tablets or whatever the hell they got? Yo, if you're getting out of boot camp and you're hearing this, like, let me know what you guys got. Um, do you think that is like that's not providing the culture change? Right. Because, you know, when we came through, I'm at 17 years, just at 17. You're at 15 and a half. Like we didn't have none of that. So there was this like, OK, well, I sleep on this little bed. I sleep in my clothes so I can stay warm. I don't touch my bed i don't get in my blanket because i don't want to fix it because i have to get up and i have to get ready right away just in case something happens like i need a shit in shape right so them not doing that or to whatever degree and i, I know my boy cj you listening so you gotta let me know more uh he, he was an rdc he's a regular contributor here um but uh we're not providing the cultural shift for them so they come in and they're like yeah this is a nine to five and do you think that's a big problem of it? Yeah, I think it's a huge problem. So uh, talking from my time uh, recruiting from 13 to 16, right? Uh, I always recruited for six months before they realized that I wasn't cut out for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you don't talk about uh, what actually could happen, right? Because we are a uh, war asset, right? So it's all about, oh, you know, travel the world and get your medical and, you know, uh, oh, college, you'll get schooling, Um you know, all the benefits, but uh, we don't uh, really culture shock anybody with uh, what is what is required, which is, hey, at some point in time, you may be shot at and you will be required to return fire uh, on, you know, enemies foreign domestic. Um, I think that I think that's missed a lot, especially. And so that without that culture shock, without realizing that things have actually changed, um, you're not changing the individual from civilian to uh, to military. Right. Um it is a pretty huge aspect, uh, you know, being held accountable. I, I, you know, take guys and, and they're on the range and they're shooting, and I've had guys just from hearing a gun go off start shaking and sweating profusely, and it's uh, it's pretty insane, you know, just being like, you, like, what's the matter? Like, calm down. Like, nothing's going on. Like, this is a gun range. Um, seeing that, that stress click on um, involuntary, uh, you know, and that doesn't, I mean, if I saw that, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't feel comfortable, <laughs> you know, going Having out with them. Having them continue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, so, because uh, you got to remain calm, right? You got to make good decisions and re-stress. Uh, and I don't think that giving people what they need when they need it all the time is the way that you, you build that. What, what kind of stress do you like to give or inflict uh, into your division? I, I so... Uh, Right now, I only have uh, two sailors, but when I was in Japan, um, I, I like to give them, well, so my job as a leader is to reduce some of that stress, right? But um, I would hold individuals accountable for the work of the day, right? Um, and then that would be reported up. Uh, when I was a more junior sailor and, and in a leadership position, um, I would take their, the, the stress upon myself when 
you know, they would all come and be like, yeah, 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 we're good to go, right? And cut them loose, and then you go and do the inspection, and, uh, you know, shit isn't cleaned or isn't put away right, right? So I would do the job and stay late and get that done, and then I would hold them accountable, and that's what I would do. So the stress would come from, hey, now you didn't do your shit. Now I have to, now I have to you know, babysit you. So, um, you know, I always shoot for uh, liberty, right? Mm-hmm. And so I use my liberty as the stressor. So, hey, you did your job. You did it right. Awesome. Cool. Let's get out of here. Uh, all right, cool. You guys fucked me, so I had to stay here for an extra five hours. So now for the next two weeks, guess what? We're all staying late, yeah. right? And so it resets them, right? So you always got to get back to that base calibration of, because eventually, right, and this is, what is it? So uh, easy times create hard times, hard times create hard men, and then hard men equal easy, easy times, which then easy times create hard times, right? Yeah. Um, I truly believe that that is the, the uh, cycle of how things go, so... Um, you have to reset people on the stress because eventually you get laid back. You go, oh shit, right? So, one of my a couple of things that I like to live by is uh, I like to get. I do enjoy getting my ass chewed every once in a while because it lets me know I'm doing my job, right? It lets me know I can do a better job. Um, but if you're getting chewed out every single day, you're, you're fucking up. Um, I also like to fuck things up in my life every once in a while just so that I don't get complacent. Um, and you have to take that with a grain of salt. Doesn't mean like I go fucking drink and drive and fucking get a DUI. <laughs> uh, what that means is, you know, I, I, I get myself into situations I have to think my, my way out of. Um, now I'm not going to share any of those, but <laughs> but uh, you you know, take that for what it is. Is just you know, uh, complacency kills, and so that you can that I, I think that holds true uh, throughout life. Um, uh, you know, your car just doesn't get a flat. Your car got a flat because you, you know, swerved to miss somebody. You drew through. You decided to drive through a construction zone, um, and there was a nail in your tire that you didn't see. Right. So just don't think that things happen to you for a reason. Think what could have caused those to happen to you, and how do you get better at not getting into those situations? Or what routines can you create to uh, keep yourself from falling into a bad situation? One thing I like to do um, when when we talk about like holding accountable, right? Uh, paying the man. There's something I, that was cool when I was over in Coronado that I like to see, right? Is like the the PT aspect of it, right? Um, you know, maybe they weren't so hard up on counseling shits and stuff, but something wasn't done, so they'd be like, "Hey, grab those kettlebells and go from the building up and over the berm, and then go get wet and sandy, and then bring those kettlebells back, right?" And if that's going on nowadays, I don't know. It's just it's things I've I've seen, and I was like, "Yo, that's cool." Right. That's that's it's a shitty time. Right. They're in full uniform and whatever they fucked up. I didn't know what they fucked up, but they're probably not going to do it again. Right. And moving on. Um, It's kind of like, obviously, we can't really do that over here. Right. On the ship. Would it be cool to maybe? How does it do you find it beneficial at all? But one thing I do like to do, I'm a. I, I is like how do I induce the stress, right? I, I'm a shit talker, so I'm always going to be like, I want my sailors, my guys, to have that tough skin, right? If they if they can take it from me, chief, right, within the the bounds of you know still professional and not hazing or anything, they're going to be able to get to the levels that they want to be by taking it from anyone else, right? Just kind of like when we we go through season and stuff. Uh, and, and kind of like that i'm always in the mindset of like if all right you say you want to do 20 years and that that means you want to be in khakis right not necessarily chief but in khakis so that means you're going to need to take an ass chewing at some time so if you can take my ass chewing in the form of joking right and and having a good time with you but like you know 
dogging on you constantly, right? And when you're asking that stupid question, I'm informing you that it's a stupid question and that the answer is right there in the next paragraph if you would have kept reading or whatever, right? And, and going through that route, that that's how I do it. Do you think there should be some kind of physical aspect to, like, a more physical aspect? Again, not hazing, but a more physical aspect of, like, hey, man, you fucked up. So, you know, we're, we're going to go have some hard PT now. You know, or, or bring back the old school, like if you watch old school movies, you know, hey, drop, give me 20. So it's only hazing if you don't do it with them, right? So you can drop your sailor as long as you go and do the PT with them because it's not hazing then, right? It's PT. Um, and that got fucked up, you know, back in the day when people were literally beating the shit out of their sailors. Uh, one, unable to do what they were having their sailors do. But two, also, uh, you know, breaking them for no reason, um, which is, you know, that's a culture issue. Um, I, I think it, it still comes down to holding the individual accountable, right? So I don't think that necessarily, because if you try to PT me, right, I may not be getting the message. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, that holds true. So you have to find what, what really clicks with somebody, right? Yeah. So that's why I say you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can drown them, but you can't make them drink. Um, I think the most important thing is to uh, let people do what they think is right um and i have found that to be the best way to train uh now when you see someone fucking up your job is to then inform them right hey man uh you're doing x y and z wrong you might want to do this right so uh running my SAR prep program right i see people coming out and they don't know how to do a proper squat or they don't know how to properly run or they don't know how to do a proper pull-up it's my job as the leader to go hey this is how we're going to do this, right? And then we break it down, right? So um, everybody wants to look at something and go, like, I want to be fucking all the way at the end, right? Uh, I think uh, a good analogy for guys is we see a beautiful girl and we're already thinking about, you know, the home run, right? <laughs> and you haven't even gone to talk to them. Um, you know, uh, you got to take it one step at a time. And so when it comes to sailors, right, you have to learn how to uh, let them develop themselves, right? So... Uh, another thing I like to say is that uh, you don't go to buds become hard, right? You either are hard, yeah. And now buds is a standard at which you are hard, yeah. Or uh, you go away um, <laughs> because uh, you know uh, when I went through, you know, there was guys. I joined with three guys. One guy uh, got DQ'd for um, color blindness. Uh, my brother who went swig, and then uh, another guy who. You know, by all means, was stronger, faster, uh, probably smarter guy than me and my brother. Um, but, uh, you know, when I was in rollback land, I got to see him go through through uh, Hell Week. And uh, I think it was a uh, first or second day. And, like, you know, even talking to him, being like, hey, man, just fucking keep going. Like, it's worth it. Uh, he didn't want it, right? It wasn't uh, worth it to him because uh, he was there to try to prove a point to his dad or other people. It wasn't because he wanted to be there. Um, another good analogy of that is, you know, like, uh, we all do shitty things in our life, but, uh, I think, you know, courting a woman or taking them out on dates and, you know, getting to know someone takes a lot of fucking effort and time. But, uh, if you truly love someone, you don't pay attention to those things, right? Those are just steps along the way. And, you know, people always are like, why are you with them? Like, that shit's crazy. And you're like, I don't, I don't see it because it, you, it's worth it to be there. Um, so I, I think that you have to. Again, uh, be someone that your sailor respects and, you know, leave it up to them to decide what they're going to do. Uh, have them learn autonomous actions, right? The more that they do their job on their own and the less you have to be in their shit, the better off your sailor is going to be, right? So they're going to be able to handle that shit because 
they're going to be used to you being like, you do your shit, you get it done. All right, now I'm going to go inspect it, right? Um, we don't, I don't think we trust people enough in the Navy uh, to do their job, right? So, um, and, you know, going through buds and everything like that, like you're allowed to load your own guns. Like we're all, on, you know, loaded up and, and walking around, you know, and yeah, you know, the instructors may feel, you know, a little apprehensive at times, but, you know, we all fucking trust each other to not shoot us. Right. So, um, I think that's where you have to build it is, is trusting people with more responsibility and not so much pulling that, that chain back and being like, uh, every single minute of the day, what are you doing? And I think we'll wrap it there, bro. I think, um, that, that sums it up very, very, uh, nicely. Right. Going along with training and everything that we've talked about. Right. It's, you have to give that trust, right? Just as we don the uniform and trust is inherited with it, them just simply by being the sailor and having raised their hand and, and deciding to be here, we have to give them some level of trust that I think we both think is lacking uh, tremendously, and that's through different organizations here. Uh, from different ranks down to different ranks and across ranks and everything, right? So, uh, we'll we'll wrap that up there. Uh, you know, let me get my outro because some of y'all be wondering if I should be saying what I should be saying, and you know, just don't forget for more information on how you can support the podcast, please visit us at anchor.fm backslash Bravo Podcast. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of Joshua Moore and the individuals involved, and do not necessarily represent the DOD, DON or those of the respected institutions or organizations. Thanks for joining us.